Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to episode 26 of It's Black and White, the Derby Telegraph's Derby County podcast. I'm Johnny Bunnell and I'm joined by Steve Nicholson and Chris Watson. And chaps, we're back. Feels like it's been an age, but it's nice to nice to be back in your company. We're back, still alive. Yeah, back by popular demand, <laughs> I understand. Back by unpopular yes. demand. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've obviously sort of missed four or five games as we were going back uh, through the fixtures just there since we were last on. So what we'll do is we'll, we'll just sort of give a, a brief roundup. Unfortunately, that has coincided with uh, a rather poor run of form, shall we say? So. Uh, Steve, what's gone wrong? Yeah, well, it's it's since we last spoke on here, I think they've played five games and they've picked up three points from 15. Three draws, two defeats. Uh, maybe it's us then. Maybe it's us, <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should do these more often because when we were doing them before, they were winning. Uh, no, they, there are a number of things, really. What One is that a team is always going to struggle at some stage during the season. We'd rather hope that Derby starts the season, which was... Uh, average bordering on poor uh, when they picked up I think 13 points from, from the first 10 games we hoped that was their poor spell I was never convinced that would be their only poor spell I did think another one would be round the corner and it seems to me the more we spoke about this February, March wobble type thing the more people believe it and, and it seems to have taken hold again what, whatever uh, some people want to say about it and brushing it off it actually is fact mm. and and they are going to have to moving forward in, in seasons to come work out what, what the issue is uh, now for me there's, there's a few issues involved one uh, you know, the form of players rises and dips and I think what's happened is during the spell when they were winning well and winning every week seemingly and on a fantastic run players were playing well and, and they were making precious few mistakes and if they did make a mistake they weren't punished for it now mistakes have crept in there's no doubt about that and they've been punished for them they've had one or two breaks that go against them but as I keep saying earlier you can't moan about that you can't be mardy about that because they because, had because they had, when it was going, things were going for them as well so that's involved uh, my biggest concern is that maybe they're running out of legs uh, that worries me a little bit. Uh, the, the, it is the they have the highest average age, I think, of a team in in the championship. Certainly in the top six, mm. uh, chasing promotion. That concerns me, and also the fact they're picking up injuries. You know, and the two together. I thought uh, the, the the performance at QPR on Tuesday night. It lacked spark for me. It lacked a bit of energy, and 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 that's a concern moving forward. Mm. Chris, any sort of thoughts as to why you feel that it's, it's dropped off of late? I mean, Steve, Steve nailed it really. I think uh, I'd agree Blimey. at QPR. Blimey, that's the first. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd agree at QPR that you know Derby didn't look like a team that was going for promotion necessarily, um, and it's it's hard to be too critical because we said they had a fantastic run, mm. and it was always going to be difficult to keep winning games just from right until the end of the season. And the fact is, they still haven't lost many games, although they, they have lost um, to Fulham and, and Sheffield Wednesday recently, but they've been 
been picking up draws. I think, but the problem is, is the points dropped. You know, these draws, the late equaliser at Reading, late equaliser at QPR. At this stage of the season, looking back at that and saying four points dropped, I know they got they scored a late equaliser against Leeds, but mm. but they'll feel they should have won that game. So again, it's it, it, it you keep looking back and they're slipping down, um, slip down the table and the gap sort of getting bigger between them and second place. And and um, I, th- I think they can't afford too many more of those results. Um, we talk about momentum a lot, and it, it and it does figure and you look at a team like Middlesbrough who are now sixth so still below Derby in the table just but you feel that they're that you feel that they're in the ascendancy they've got the momentum and and Derby have been kind of sliding the other way but it's up to them to sort of prove us wrong if you like and and say well we're you know we're still in there and fighting because of course if the season ended today they're in the playoffs you know and that of course if the season did end today the playoffs is better than most people expected Uh, I think Derby should always be challenging for the playoffs in a division uh, like the Championship. I would expect them to challenge for the playoffs uh, each season at least. Uh, but that's just the, the kind of expectation surrounding this football club. I think what's magnified Derby's what we call poor run, and even though, as Chris says, I've not lost many games, but what's magnified that is, of course, the, the form of those around them. Fulham have put an excellent yeah. run together. You know, really, really impressive. And Cardiff just keep churning out results no, and that's, de- that's demoralising yeah, for, for the team like Derby <clears> that, that isn't in the greatest form because they've, they're feeling well we've got to win every game if these teams aren't if these, these teams aren't slipping up but there's still time they still might slip up and, and just sort of defensively as well we've, we've praised the back five throughout that, that run you know keeping clean sheets on a, on a weekly basis and it, it just seems to have all slipped away yeah, I think I think that the it's it's difficult. I think I think we've got an issue at left back. I think there's been an issue at left back all season, and I think they kind of got away with that early this season uh, or during that good run. But there's there's an issue at left back. I mean, neither Marcus Olsen nor Craig Forsyth have actually nailed down that position, and, and neither at the moment look like they're going to do that. Uh, it's this great thing about if if you could mix the two of them together. You might have the, the all round left back, but but one has got one set of strengths, one has got another, and they've both got weaknesses as well. Right back, I'm not overly convinced with either, to to be honest. Uh, I, and and I think Chris Baird has been a bit of a miss for me because I still think he's a, he's a very solid, very experienced right back, and I think you know he could still play a big part in in, in the final few games once his uh, uh, suspension is out of the way. And the centre backs have been excellent, but but what tends to happen is once your team becomes vulnerable as Derby are at the moment whether that's through confidence whether that's through lack of energy lack of legs or the fact that they're trying to win games they're trying to force themselves to win games which they weren't before uh, because they're trying to force themselves to win games they're leaving themselves open and suddenly if you leave yourself open suddenly Tom Huddleston gets exposed in midfield so does Joe Ledley or George Thorne whichever combination and then your centre-backs become exposed and that wasn't happening during the good run you had your two central midfielders, they were protecting the two centre-backs, and it looked watertight. At the moment, it looks less than watertight, and Richard Keogh and Davis are, are being exposed as well. They've made one or two errors in, in recent weeks, but before that, both of them were quite excellent. I think I think it's worth mentioning the central midfielders as well, because you're right in the in the, what you say about pushing forwards to try and get the wins, but also that's been one of the areas that's really been hit by injury um, recently, George Thorne's now injured, Joe Ledley's injured, Tom Huddleston 
played the other night with his thigh heavily strapped, and I think that's shown that they haven't, you know, that some of these players have been playing when they've not been fully fit, and I think that's uh, that's probably affected the whole system as well. And and as you say, and we spoke to Curtis Davis um, um, in the pre-match press conference ahead of uh, this weekend's game at Forest, and uh, and he was saying, you know. He doesn't. Fit, he didn't feel there's too much wrong with the performances from his point of view, mm. but it's just those individual mistakes that you you sort of can't legislate for, and um, obviously they're going to cost you if you keep if you keep making them. But I mean, you look you look back at the QPR game, and um, I mean, Dar- I thought Keir and Davis they, they dealt very well mm. with what they had to yeah. do for for most of the game, and then in the 87th minute, Bradley Johnson slips. Um, and he's uh, from a free kick whose marker gets away from him and he's got a free header and you know that's that sort of summed it up really I think it's just important to point out that just in one or two criticisms of Richard Keogh creeping in over the last two or three games because he's made one or two errors but let's not uh, let's not forget that uh, for the first half or more of this season he was playing as well as he has done in the Derby shirt Mm -hmm. it's important to remember that Uh, Steve you mentioned about sort of players being maybe slightly leggy earlier on and a lot of fans have been sort of agreeing with your opinion very very rare that they do agree very rarely agree with me at all <laughs> very rare you agree with me <laughs> in fact it's very rare anyone agrees with me um, and because of that you know fans have been pointing to the January transfer window and saying it was a poor window we didn't do enough we didn't bring in the players that we need what do you say to that well I, I think the January window, what happened in January window was not a surprise because Derby made it quite clear from well before the January window uh, the shape the window might take for them. They had to move on some players. Some fans now will say, well, they've moved on too many, we're now short of numbers. But you cannot, when the window opened, you know, I'm just looking at it here, Derby was second in the table. Wasn't it? They were on a fantastic one. They were, they were the form team, what, after Wolves, probably mm-hmm. the form team in the division. Uh, the shape of the team was good. The centre-backs were solid. The two central midfielders were, were, were solid. We had George Thorne as well to go in there if need be. So you can't you can't legislate for certain things. You can't legislate for Sam Winnell getting injured, which is now looking more of a blow than I, I actually I think thought that, at the time. I think that is a blow because although he wasn't a regular starter, he had certainly proved his value to the team and the squad. And now that they are struggling up front with, again... Nugent mm-hmm. and Cameron Jerome, who they signed in January, both struggling with back injuries at the moment. Um, you know, it, Sam Winner would have been the player to come in and take that take their place, and he showed that when he when he did when he was called upon, he did he did really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, t- that injury came what a week after the transfer window shut. I mean, that's just unfortunate, isn't it? That's yeah, it is. And, and I say at the time, the shape of the squad looked okay to me. Yeah. You had two left backs, as I said earlier. I don't think either have played well this season, but you did have two left backs. You had two at right back with Bird and Wisdom. The centre backs were playing very well. You got Pierce, Mr. Reliable, if need be, call on behind. The, the, the midfield was, was functioning properly. Uh, and, and so, not a lot looked wrong. I mean, what I will say, and this isn't hindsight because I've said it and I've written it, I, I thought Derby should have gone and got another recognised. Wide attacking player because they thought they'd got, they, they thought they'd got him. Now, my my argument with that is maybe look a bit earlier to get him. You know what I mean? Well, because I mean, that's the same but, but 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 that's the that's the nature of the business. And, and Gary Wright, to be fair to me, explained how these transfer windows work. But 
once Johnny, once it was obvious Johnny Russell was going out the door, then they should have nailed down another attacking wide player, and I think that would have helped uh, because Vyman's form was in and out. Tom Lawrence's form has been in and out all season, so I think they needed that. I would also, and again, this this isn't hindsight because I've written it and and it's all there. Uh, I would have looked for a different option in midfield just to balance things. Now, whether that was a, a bit of a younger player with more energy to kick us through at the times mm. the second half of the season, because we have to remember that Huddleston, Ledley, very experienced guys, and it's worked, to be fair, that experience has been valuable. Uh, and George Thorne, they're all similar type players, control the football, control the game through the, the through possession, but not great you know, they're a bit vulnerable when the opposition have the ball. So I'd have looked for another option in midfield. Again, that's not hindsight. So there, there were two things I, I would have looked at. And uh, in the end, you know, they, they brought in Casey Palmer, who, you know, has that youthful energy and, 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 and uh, enthusiasm. But it looks from what brief, what briefly what we've seen of Casey that he, he's a number 10. He has to play in the middle area of the pitch. But we may talk about uh, the team selection for the Forest game coming up and, and talk about Palmer, but he, he does look more at home in, in the middle of the pitch. Well, Palmer was actually my next point, so it really? leads, on, leads Seamless. on quite nicely to it. Yeah. Seamless. So. Um, obviously, since he's come in, we haven't really had a chance to, to properly discuss him. Uh, you two have both seen every minute that he's, he's played now in a Derby shirt. Initial thoughts? I think I think he's done really well, actually, from what we've seen of him. Um he got the late equaliser against Leeds. You know, a, a proper sort of poacher's finish, wasn't it? You know, close range um, in a crowded area um, that got them a point, and he scored. Um, he scored an early goal away at Reading, um, which you know at one point looked to have set them on mm. on the way to victory. Again, they they ended up um, taking a point. He's got that bit of something different, hasn't he? Where it, it, you know he will go past players. Um, he will look for the sort of um, the killer ball, the killer pass, if you want. And he, he, it was a great assist for uh, Andres Feynman at QPR the other night. Um, but it's just that issue. The issue has been: can you get him and Mate Vidra in the in the team at the same time? Because Vidra, he, you know, he scored 18 goals. He's been he's been pretty much impossible to drop all season. Although he missed the Reading game through injury, so Palmer got his chance. And then he was on the bench um, at QPR. You'd say probably still not 100% fit, so Palmer kept, Palmer kept his place. So there's a bit of a conundrum there. I mean, if they were both fit, you could put Palmer out wide, but would that be wasting his talents? Is that putting square pegs in round holes? It, it, it's not ideal, but I say I think he, he, he clearly operates from a more central area of the pitch and. Uh, you wouldn't necessarily put him in, in the centre of midfield if you're playing two in there, although that's where he came on against yeah. Leeds, yeah. although it was a f- much more forward, advanced yeah. midfield position. The 10 position we spoke about, Vidra's got that, I think, and should have it on his on his record this season. Well, we were talking earlier, me and Chris, about just putting the lad up front to, to, cause, well, to he, cause mayhem. He was one who Gary Wright mentioned yeah. when yeah. we were talking about Winnell getting injured. Gaerard mentioned a number of a number of names who could who could step in. Uh, I mean, I think he mentioned Tom Lawrence as well. He even mentioned Bradley Johnson. So I'm not I'm not too sure about that, but um, but I think Palmer's probably uh, perhaps a more realistic option. Mm. If or, or, or just flip it the other way around, put Vidra up front and 
and Palmer behind him. My only argument with that is we tried Vidra at front, yeah. and and quite clearly, and he said it himself, he, he doesn't, doesn't like, like playing there. Yeah. So if he scored the amount of goals, yeah, absolutely. So so that would be. Yeah. I, I think if it was me now, and if if Gary Rowett wants to stick with his system of four two three one, I would play him uh, in a wide area, but tell him to play narrow in that area. Don't stick out wide because he, he's not going to go past him on the outside, is he? And, and whip crosses in, but he can cause havoc by drifting inside. That's where I'd look at him. Isn't ideal, but that's where I'd look at him, unless Gary. And his coaching staff come up with a different approach for the final ten games, and actually, I wouldn't argue against that either if they did, because I think one of the faults Derby, one of Derby's faults, I should say, in recent seasons when the wheels are seemingly coming off, and it happened under Steve McLaren, they didn't change systems or approaches or tinker with the systems enough, knowing that they didn't have the personnel to, to slot into those certain roles, and and I I. I'd probably like to see Gary and his coaching staff come up with something a bit different and if that's something a bit different allows him to get Vidra and Palmer in to the team then then good. Well I was going to say is there a way that you could play both of them maybe behind the striker which would result in a, a change or no, of or system? Or no striker. Oh, no, false, false nine. nine. Yeah, false <laughs> nine. Love that false nine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Spain won the World Cup. Yeah they did yeah. I, I mean to, to be honest what's interesting is I, I watched Again, fans who used to think that Nigel Clough was just a four-four-two man, obviously, you know, uh, have to look back at other other areas. Areas, and I think, uh, I think with Nigel, he actually played a four-two-three-one, and he also played the end because it it wasn't quite working for him. He then went to a four-one-three-two. So, and you just had one holding midfield player. I think it was Sav at the time. He, what started with Sav, Robbie Savage and James Bailey, but I think he just went to Sav then. Uh, and then three, and then two, and you could get you could get Vidra up front then with with someone else or Palmer mm-hmm. behind you. Know, so there are other options. The only problem with that, of course, is who would be the one holding midfielder player? Because at the moment we're creaking in central midfield, and you know your your system would have to work perfectly not to leave, say, Tom Huddleston mm-hmm. as the one totally isolated and vulnerable in there. So it's dead easy to talk about numbers adding up to eleven or ten or whatever they add up to these days. Uh, it's dead easy for everyone to, to, to look at that and say oh why don't you play this system and that system you've still got to try and make it work and actually at this stage of the season it is a gamble to change you know you really now should be settled on not only your team but the way you, a system works best for your team and at the moment the derby the team and everything around it just feels a bit unsettled mm. when it needs to be settled and not ideal timing as we move on to uh, Sunday's big game so let's sort of get stuck into it uh, Forest against Derby two sides in, in complete contrasting form actually I mean will that have any bearing come Sunday afternoon can I use my cliche <laughs> in this one yeah um, well uh, rivalry bingo the, we've got going well the, yeah the, to open the window <laughs> for the form book so I can so I can throw it out. Thank you, Steve. Um, we I mean to be fa- to be fair, we have seen um, we have seen in this fixture in recent years we've seen Forest come into the game desperately out of form and they've won or they've drawn or whatever, and we've seen it the other way around as well. So so I think there is some basis of of, um, of fact in in in, the, in that cliche, um, but it is a, it is a difficult one. With 
Forest having a new manager and a very different looking team, um, it, you know, you won't, you don't quite know. Well, you just so you do know what to expect from them, probably in terms of in terms of tactics and game plan. But it'll be, but it'll be a very different the, yeah. team from the one that played at Pride Park, for example, earlier this season. Whereas Derby's team will be as close to mm-hmm. it as possible. Obviously, injuries permitting, you, you, you would think. Um, it's away from home as well. Um, having said that, Derby's away form had been, has been very good. Um, but there's, you know, there's the whole sort of atmosphere to deal with now. A lot of Derby's players are very experienced. They should be able to deal with that. Um, it, I think, in a strange way, it might, it could work in Derby's favour because it, it's that sort of one-off game where some players can kind of seem to manage to get themselves up or get get that extra bit out of them for one game and so maybe Derby if they're if they're feeling a bit down, a bit sorry for themselves, might just go into that game and sort of think, right, we can we can sort of raise our game, you know, that little bit further against Forest and, and if they can get that win that just kind of gives them that lift. Mm. Mm. I, I mean seat cycle. I was gonna say uh, how bizarre is it that, you know, it seeming it seems to be that Forest are favourites. Yeah. And yet the seventeen points behind Derby yeah. in the table. Just how bizarre, how, but how bizarre is that? Yeah. You know, it oh, really yeah. is a strange mm-hmm. stat. And but that's the way it feels going yeah. into that game. Whether that backfires on Forest, of course, mm-hmm. as Chris says, we 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 both sat at these matches and seen teams. I remember Paul Clement's team going there uh, to to Forest and yeah. unbeaten in ten or eleven, and really looking like they're going to lose a game and got turned over one nil. Oliveira scored. I saw. Mm-hmm. Billy Davis's side come to Derby once when they were the form team of the division, seemingly unbeatable away from home. Yeah. Uh, everyone was looking at it as a no contest, and, and Derby won with a late, late Rob Hulse goal, Hulse, I think, yeah, header. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we, we've seen both sides mm. of it, and it, 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 it's pretty pointless, really, I think, trying to predict what's going to happen. I spoke to Danny Higginbottom. Last few days, he's he's played in these games up and down the country in the northeast, on the south coast, in this derby as well, and he just says, you know, he, he's been on both sides of it, where he's they've gone into games the favourites and been convincingly beaten, and, uh, and 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 the other way round, and he said basically what it is is it's the mindset on the day, that's that's what it's all about is who handles the occasion best, and he said you'll always get two or three players trying to play the occasion. Rather than the game itself, and that and that can backfire. And you know, I thought we saw Forest get got you know they got caught out very early on in the game here in October. Mm-hmm. You know, and found themselves a goal down after 24 seconds. You know, that shouldn't really happen. You think about all the preparation that goes into these games. You know, and then to be caught out after 24 seconds, and that's because the occasion and the noise and all that type of thing takes over. So yeah, it, it just seems a bit strange to me. I, I what will be fascinating is for me. How Forest, as the home side, approach the game, because Derby are desperate for a win. Whatever mm. people say about oh, you know, it's another game, all that. They are desperate for a win, Derby. They need a win to kind of instill some belief again around everything mm. and around their promotion challenge. They are desperate for a win. Does that if they if they show that desperation too much? To can Forest then pick them off going the other way? So it'll be a fascinating tactical battle. And Cranker, of course, will know all about that from his days at Middlesbrough. He had a very good record against Derby yeah. at Middlesbrough. He did a bit of that, soaked up a bit of pressure, home and away in those fixtures between Middlesbrough and Derby, and had a way of beating Derby. So I'm hoping that's not the case. Have you seen much of 
Forest since Cranker's no, come in? Or? No, not not at all. Uh, I like Cranker, good manager. I'd say I thought he his team when Middlesbrough used to play Derby. I thought he had Derby's ticket mm. each time. He knew exactly how to stifle them. He knew how to combat them. Uh, he, I mean, what's interesting is we talk about Vidra's role in it in Derby's team or Casey Palmer. We used to have that with, with when we used to go up there with Omar Mascarell once and, and, and George Thorne has had it where Karanka's dealt with it very well. He's just dropped, of his two strikers, he's just, when Derby had possession, he just dropped one of them onto the toes of, of, of the controlling player, if you like, in the, the type of thing. And uh, he, he, tactically, he's very astute. So I'm, I'm wondering, and that might help Forrest moving forward, actually. You know, they've had lots of different managers, but Karanka, whatever you say about him, doesn't know how to get results in this division, although it may, it's going to take him a little longer at mm. Forest to, to kind of get them sorted and, and, and pointed in the right direction. Hopefully, hopefully it'll take a little longer than uh, Saturday, Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. Uh, obviously, that the 2 0 win back at Pride Park in October sort of kick started uh, Derby's good run of form as well. Yeah. So, hopefully, we can have a, another one of uh, those runs after Sunday. Well, indeed, uh, it could have a similar impact if, if Derby can get the win because. I remember going into that Forest game. Um, Derby were in the bo- in the bottom half of the table. I think with because the game because the game was on the Sunday, so the games were played the previous day. I think they might have were they as low as like eighteenth or seventeenth, wasn't it? Yeah, like been, yeah, yeah. And although they had a cup, they had a game or two in hand. Um, they, um, they desperately needed a win, and, and we were sort of saying, you know, if they if they lost to Forest, uh, where where would they go from there? What did the season hold? Um, would they just be kind of Battling it out mm. round about, you know, the bottom half and mid table, that sort of thing. Of course, they won and they went on from on this incredible run from there to get themselves into promotion contention. Um, now they're in a position where they really need a win, that, a win again, and um, and as I said, it could it could give them that vital lift just to kind of, you know, revitalise them for the final nine games after that um, before the end of the season. Um, but at the same time, you know. <laughs> If they draw, if they lose, they're still not out. Then they it's not like the season's over. No, but no, um, no. but as Steve said, you know they're, they're absolutely desperate for that win. I mean, what's interesting that that, that win against Forest in October, I should say, sparked that run because we were going into October dreading that month because it was a it looked a really tough month. Mm-hmm. Sheffield Wednesday at home, away games at Norwich and Leeds, and we wondered where Derby's season was going. Four games later, four four wins, and suddenly I think uh, they were up to uh, just looking at it in my notes. Uh, they were up to Correct. fifth in the table. Yeah, well, I think the Leeds win put them in the playoffs. And yeah, didn't I mean, cause... and that's how quickly yeah. it can change. And as Chris says, you just don't know that one win could spark that kind of reaction. Mm-hmm. But they certainly need that lift soon, sooner rather than later. Mm. Now, the before the last Forest game in October, uh, it was just myself and Chris, Steve. If I remember, you had the week off before the Forest game. Not making any points that. there, but. <laughs> So, there was a reason, wasn't there? <laughs> there was a reason. It was my daughter's wedding. I still managed to get to the game. We should you let did. him off. We you should did. let him off with that. Yeah. 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 Um, so I mean, me and Chris have already gone through this on that podcast. I did sort of best and worst Derby Forest. Yeah, I remember the podcast. Memories. Yeah. <laughs> Not one of those where you fell asleep. Yeah. I five can't say. In or... I can't say. Can't remember actually. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so I want your best and worst. Uh, memories covering Derby County against Nottingham Forest. Oh, uh, I think I always say that the the uh, 
the FA Cup replay for me at City Grounds, Nigel Clough was manager when Derby were 2 0 down and 1 3 2, was a, a very memorable game. Uh, I thought it was a terrific comeback that was. Uh, and then we had uh, Sav, Robbie Savage, where in his flag, uh, sorry, in his flag, he's uh, or somebody else, wasn't Spreading it? Waving the scarf, uh, waving his scarf yeah. around. Uh, it's Tyson. It's Tyson with the corner flag. Yeah. We've had all those memories, of course. Uh, but that that game for me uh, stood out clearly. The five nil, mm. the five nil win was was very comprehensive. I mean, we talk about victories sparking you off. I mean, Derby were in shocking form going into that five nil one. And then they really kicked on after that, so that just shows how how it can happen. So that was merit. The, the the one when they won with ten men was was an epic performance. I mean, it left Steve McLaren speechless. I remember after that game, he was absolutely stunned because they were one nil up. Mm. You know, Frankie Frank Fielding had got sent off, and at that moment we feared again for Derby. You know, I just remember thinking it's going to be a long. I know. It did minutes. feel that way, didn't it? Um, it was incredible. It, it was incredible, and uh, I, I always rem- remind Jeff Hendrick. I see him. He did score the winning yeah. goal, but he missed an absolute sitter just before he scored the winner. <laughs> Typically, you that is. Yeah. <laughs> you always got to keep them on the toes, yeah. these people. But and that, uh, was, and that was Jeff's first ever yeah, senior goal was, as yeah. well, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. What, yeah, it was nineteen, eighteen. Yeah. I think yeah. it might have been nineteen. That was, that was a that was a great, great moment. moment. Yeah. That was uh, worst memories. I remember going there in the December, and they got beat five two. Yeah. They conceded after about thirty seconds or something. Is that was John Gregory. Yeah, it was a John Gregory yeah, yeah, one. That yeah. was a dreadful night. That was, and I've seen them get uh, absolute. Oh, it wasn't no, sorry, that was three. That was three nil. The five two was Nigel Clough. Yeah, three nil one under John Gregory. They got absolutely yeah, banjoed sorry, that yeah, that yeah. night as well. And uh, that, that was uh, that was John's last game in charge of Derby. Uh, uh, he got suspended after that, and then of course he lost his job at the end of, mm-hmm. end of the season. So th- there's been lots of different. Ups and downs, I say the Rob Hulse header at home when they won 1 0 from Chris Commons free kick late on. That was one. We got the Sean Barker match, of course, and I'd like to remind Sean of that, but that was it. And Jake Buxton got a Jake very Buxton late winner, so very late winner. Sort of bittersweet, bittersweet, that one, yeah, it? that was yeah. Uh, that was another one. Uh, so th- I think the interesting is there's always something mm. about the game. There's well, always usually something about it. I was going to say that if you just look at the last one at the city ground, that had, that had yeah. a bit of both, didn't yeah, it, really? Yeah. Because it was, it was Gary Rout's first game in charge. It was also Mark Warburton's yeah. first game in charge of Forest. Um, so there was a real build-up to that. Um, and then it was it was a bit of an anti-climax from Derby's fans' point of view because I think they went behind after about five minutes. <laughs> yeah. um, and then... There was a real turnaround to, and two quick goals, and Derby deservedly took the lead. They could have could have finished it off, and then Forest equalised with right, the, yeah. right at the end, about fourth, yeah. mid, fifth. And that of course was a game when Gary moved Vidra. It was yeah into yeah that's right into number ten role, mm. um, and also that that late goal that actually kept Forest up because I think they only, they only yeah, stayed up on goal difference. Yeah. So if what well, yeah. you could you could look at other games, but but you could look at it that way. So it was a um, it was certainly um, incident packed, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. So there's always there's always something from them, but uh, I think it's on push me. I think I think the wins at the City Grounds have been particularly sweet. Certainly mm-hmm. that three two when you when you're two nil down because that looked game over. To be fair, that was very memorable. And of course, Chris Commons got the winning goal. Yeah. Former Forest, another storyline, and then get the one with ten men. You know, as well, those those two uh, 
were, were particularly memorable, memorable as long as long uh, along with the five nil. Mm. Both of you obviously have a lot of history covering the fixture, you know, for, for the Telegraph. I mean, what, what does it mean to the people of Derby and, and the players who are wearing the Derby County shirt? Well, yeah. Again, I'm talking to Danny Higginbottom this week, who's played for both both teams, uh, Derby and briefly Forest. He was saying that it's just a week around the place you know fans are just every time you see it, the, the thing they say is you've got to win you've got he said that doesn't happen in a normal week mm. if you play in Ipswich at home or Brentford away like, that doesn't happen you know throughout the week everyone you see doesn't say you've got to beat Forest you've got to beat Forest it just happens in this week mm. so you see w- what it means uh, it's a bit of a strange game this this one really isn't it because you almost imagine because of the rivalry that they're actually from the same city and we have to pinch ourselves and think well actually they're not you know which which is actually the classic derby if you like is from the same city mm-hmm. but I, I always say I think this little gap in distance whatever miles it is actually makes it a more fierce rivalry it's a bit like Liverpool Manchester United it's that little distance that they travel that makes it a more fierce rivalry and that seems to be the case here uh, I think there's been one or two managers at derby who have been a bit shocked and surprised about the rivalry and how intense it is and how ferocious it can be. So I think it it, it means everything. But we so me and Chris were talking earlier today and we were saying that to be honest as well, as big a game as it is, whoever Derby were playing this weekend was going to be a big game anyway, because they need mm. they need a lift, they need a win. They can't go another another game ticked off if, if you know, with a defeat or another draw. Because it, Gary Wright said to us after the QPR game, draws actually feel like defeats at the moment because of what it means in, in the table for it's them. It's an interesting point because from Forest's point of view they're 15th in the table You know, I don't think they're in danger of, of, of going down, they're not going to go up so for them they're probably thinking well let's try and finish the season well mm-hmm. and let's beat Derby to give the fans something to cheer about whereas Derby are thinking we need we need the points, you know, it's, it's a different kind of thing but just on just on the game itself, I mean, you just notice just being at the game, you notice that the you know the noise levels just go up, the atmosphere, uh, the atmosphere is always electric, and and, mm. and I know we often talk about you know players and managers calling on the fans to get behind the team and 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 be as loud as they can, and you can't sort of force that, can you? And you sort of think you think why you know. This, they should do this every week, but for some reason, it's kind of, mm. it's all stored up for this for this rivalry, and 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 it does it does make for a for a really good occasion, doesn't it? Mm. Let's talk about some injury news then uh, on the Derby County front. Obviously, the, the pair of you have been at the press conference on, on Friday morning. Gary Rout's given his his usual injury update, so I'll just fire some names at you, and then you can give me. Potential injury, whether you think they're going to play, prognosis, etc. Okay, Joe Ledley. Uh, no, he's out. Uh, I think Gary really didn't want to talk too much about injuries uh, in the press conference, uh, but being me, I had to push him on individual names. But Joe Ledley, no, he's out. He, he limped off after 15 minutes of the game at QPR, calf injury, and Gary suggested four weeks. You know, so that's a real blow, especially mm. on the back of George Storm being out for two to three weeks. That's a blow. Just, ju- just nicking your oh, questions. Yeah. So, so those two in central midfield, yeah, are definitely out. Tom Huddleston. 
He's a doubt, isn't he? Um, Gary said he he, um, he played through um, the QPR game the other night with his thigh heavily strapped. Uh, I think he's got a bit of a dead leg by the mm. sounds of it. Um, he said he's kind of felt that a bit since the game. So there's some doubt as to whether he would train um, go into the game. Uh, but he said he hoped, you know, he hoped he might be fit, and I think he. I think he really will be hoping he's fit yeah. because they need to get him on the pitch somehow, don't they? Yeah. I, think. We, I think we've got a feeling that, that Tom might be might be fit, mm-hmm. uh, but but there's been fit to start, and as we saw the other day, it did, it, it, QPI well, did hamper him. Yeah, how I, fit I, he yeah. Is, well, and, and he admitted earlier this season, yes, when he wasn't fit. Yeah. And, and ironically, that was when Derby went through their poor Yeah, exactly. And, and I think someone like Tom, you, you can see it in him mm-hmm. when, when he's not yeah. actually right, and, and during his best spell. When yeah. he was fit, it made a big difference. Yeah. Uh, Cameron Jerome. Well, again, he's got. Uh, he, I think he probably would have started at QPR. Cameron Jerome. I uh, thought he did okay against Fulham and uh, and Reading, uh, but he's got a slight back problem. Uh, so he was on the bench at QPR. Then David Nugent, who's got a slight back problem, came off. Taking your next <laughs> question, and uh, and Cameron Jerome went on. So whether they've got a good back between them. For for Sunday's game, we'll have to wait and see. But it might be a case of if one starts and one comes off uh, off the bench, you know. But mm. it will be a blow if both missed out. It would be a blow. Okay, so on the back of that, are there any more injuries? And secondly, are you taking your boots to the city ground? <laughs> <laughs> if I could find them, I might. Yeah, <laughs> they went in the dustbin about twenty years ago, I think. Uh, I think uh, obviously Chris Baird's still, still suspended sure. as well. Uh, it's gonna, yeah, yeah. Injuries at the wrong time. That's that's what's happening. And to be fair, and we always talk about having luck with injury. Need luck with injuries. If you remember a few weeks ago, I was talking about two things: one, handling expectation, and also having some luck with injuries. And uh, they've just injuries have just come at the wrong time for Derby. Mm. You know, other teams have had them this season. I'm sure. I mean. Gary Out reminded me today about Sheffield Wednesday. They're about fourteen players out at once, yeah. you know, and that and that's really cost them, you know. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see who's fit. Uh, Bradley Johnson came in central midfield, came on as a sub for Joe Ledley at QPR. He, uh, I thought he did okay actually. It's not his best position as far as that, in my opinion, central midfield. But he might just be the type of player for this game. He's, mm. he's, he's quite feisty, you know. He's he he can kind of get about and. Uh, so he's a strong player, strong character. So that that might help him there as well. So I think, I mean, Gary Rout's right. He, there's no point worrying about these things because if injured, if players are injured, they're injured, and and that's why you've got a squad. Absolutely. Um, just sort of moving on to our final sort of couple of bits and bobs. Then, I mean, obviously this run, a uh, winless in six, has got everybody in meltdown mode as people tend to get but from from your point of view have the automatic promotion hopes gone or are they still within reach it's, it's, a, it's nine points is it nine points With, and they've um, got a game in hand Cardiff. Cardiff have got a game in hand and they play before Derby before Derby do this weekend yeah they've still got to play each other yeah listen it's a big gap you know let's not fool ourselves mm. Cardiff are churning out results as well. It's not like Cardiff are in poor form at the moment. Now, whether they'll go on a... Yeah, Cardiff have shown that they can go yeah, five they or can. six without yeah, a win yeah, as well. Yeah, they can. So, we, 
for it to still be on, Derby would have to beat Forest and then beat Cardiff. Mm. In the next two and Cardiff slip up both times as well. But there are others as well, aren't there? You know, you got Fulham, of course, mm. and Aston Villa in there. So I, I think it's a, I think it's a long shot. The, the thing is, you can never rule it out because we didn't think back in September that Derby would ever get to second place. No, never. You know, so you, you, it'd be foolish to rule anything out. But Derby have got an awful lot to do, and as Chris said earlier, they're still fifth. You know, and if they finish in the playoffs, I think that that's exactly it's where I expected them to be in the top six finish. So I don't, you know, I think that will be a very good season to finish in the playoffs. Are you both still confident that they will? Well, I mean, the the gap is is um, is not as big as it was between them and, and seventh place. Um, I think, I mean, Middlesbrough have, have sneaked into sixth now. So I think you know you'd probably rather be in Middlesbrough's position at the moment because they seem to be firing on all cylinders on the up. Mm. Derby are kind of going in the other direction. Um, Bristol City, they're very capable of of getting of getting results as they've shown. Sheffield United wouldn't wouldn't rule them out of it. Preston, not sure if they've maybe got a bit a bit to do. Um, I think it's going to be tight actually. I, I, I'm. I, if I had to predict now, I'd I'd back Derby to to finish in the top six, but possibly it might get a bit nervy for the for the last couple of games. As you said earlier, they've got to start winning games. Mm-hmm. That that's the key. They have to start winning games, and, and we and the hope is that once they win one, it will provide this kind of boost that season them win a f- some more games. And if they do, they've got you know, some tough games. They've as got well. some very mm-hmm. tough games. And yeah. if they win, they had tough games earlier in the season. And then yeah. started. I mean, if yeah. they if they if they beat some of the teams in front of them, then then maybe maybe they can push back up towards the top two because if they can be, you know if they beat if they beat Cardiff if they beat Villa if they beat Wolves, um, who else have they got to play? They've got to play Middlesbrough as well. Yeah. Then, you know, then then fair play to them. And um, I think it's worth pointing out as well. Just going back to the the top two is, you know, whoever is battling for that second place, we've seen before these. It's the hardest thing is getting over the line, isn't it? Yeah. And, and you wouldn't be surprised if someone like Cardiff lost a few games mm. in, the, in, the, in that final in that final run in. But as Steve said, it's a, it's a big gap uh, now opened up. Between, I mean, you're the man with the stats, Johnny. On the average number of points needed to finish in the top six, are we talking about seventy three ish? I think that's what last ten seasons. Yeah. That was at least two weeks ago. Yeah. That did <laughs> I think I think it's around seventy three in the last ten seasons. I, th- I think so. Yeah. So that's four wins. Yeah. From nine games. So far from ten games. Yeah. Doesn't sound a lot. It's not easy. But the third form I feel yeah. almost that the amount of teams could be more. Yeah. Chasing yeah. this season, I think you could probably look at five wins. So five wins out of ten will get you in the playoffs. I tell you what, Has at the start of the season, if you'd have offered me yeah. five wins from the final ten games to get in the playoffs, I think we'd have taken that. Yeah. So, but they've got to get those wins, as we keep saying. It's no good talking about it. It's about getting the wins, and uh, and also the others, of course, we have to remember have to keep winning. Also, mm. you know, and what else have to play? Into. Yeah, I think that's what found Derby out actually in second place. What well, when you're in second place, Gary Wright was absolutely right. When you're there, you have to keep winning, else you else you drop out of second. That's just the nature of a, of, a, of a league table. You know they had to keep winning. That's that's massive pressure. They and you were can't. Fortunate in yeah. Villa went on that. Yeah, exactly, game, exactly. Well. So, yeah, yeah. but it's all about. I say that they have to get this win, and and, and it's got to come sooner rather than later. Because the longer it goes, mm. the more belief will, will 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 kind of evaporate. Yeah, and just with all things considered, then 
how big a game is this on Sunday? It feels like a big game. It felt like a big game at QPR, though, to me, because mm. we just felt you, you, you need to win, mm. you know. Uh, so the next game is the biggest game. I know it's a bit of a daft cliche, but actually... Did you want actually the size of something, like, you know, an elephant yeah. or something like that? Yeah. I feel like it's bigger than an elephant. Bigger than an elephant. I think it's yeah. bigger than an elephant, definitely, right. okay. this one. Okay. Is that an African or an Indian elephant? Sorry, forget it. African's bigger, isn't it? <laughs> Is it? Well, it's got bigger ears. Well, we'll do a separate podcast on yeah. that sometime. The but... history of elephants. <laughs> <laughs> I... Going off at a tangent. It, it, it's a big game because yeah. it is the next. They need to win. and you know, People say if they win this game, because of the game it is, it will give them that extra boost. But I just think any win at the moment will give them mm. a real lift and, and they need it. Lovely stuff. I should just mention... Uh, before we sign off, obviously, well done to Alex Pierce, um, Republic of Ireland call up in the provisional 30 man squad uh, for Turkey, which is in fair play to him. Well, he could do with the game, couldn't he? Yeah, uh, he's played very it's, little um, football. Yeah. It'll be a, ch- yeah, be a chance for him to, to stake his claim. Absolutely. Uh, chaps, anything that we've missed or that you wanted to add? And this is normally where you make some sort of witty comment. I can see you smirking. <laughs> I'm out of witty comments. So we'll have to go and do our research on Indian and African elephants. That's what we for yeah, the next podcast. It's the elephant in the room, I think, isn't it? Very good. Thanks. That's sharp. He's been practising this. Yes. Right. Lovely stuff. Uh, Steve, Chris, thanks as ever for your company. Uh, thanks to all the listeners as well. Uh, in the meantime, you can obviously follow everything that we do on social media. We're on Twitter at DerbyTelDCFC. Uh, we're on Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash DerbyTelDCFC. You can keep up to date with all the latest Rams news and views and forest build up on our website, www.derbytelegraph.co.uk. Uh, and you can also download the app from both Android and Apple devices while the podcast is on Audio Boom and iTunes. Just search for It's Black and White. Thanks for listening and we'll see you soon.